right, welcome everybody to another Roots of the Money session number three on uh, what your goals are. I'm Colby Gilmore. I'm Ryan Anderson, Houston How To, and uh, we're excited to talk to you all today. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on, always stuff in the world, but I think this is a great one, right? Uh, Just talking about your goals and setting goals, something that's just, it's so important. I think right after talking, you know, first session on why, really understanding our why around money and why about what we want to do, what story we want to tell, and then where we are, right? After the why is, where am I actually currently? We've had that map analogy of, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where you are, this is where you want to get to. And the get to part, right, is that kind of middle ground of, all right, now what are our goals? I think it's perfect transition, right? end of the map end of the treasure map of where we're going you need to know where you are but you really need to get know where you're going also it's really right. important to get this right and i think it's it's really the key like as we talk through like planning with clients and even our own lives it's really the key to your financial success right it, it, mm-hmm. it's we want to jump so much in the technicals the numbers the projections trends but it all starts with that goals and it really i think if we spend more time with that we'd have a lot more success in life, <laughs> just to, not even financially, but just in life. It was like, what, what are my real goals? But not just those, you know, hey, there's a good dream out there, but really putting those stated, measurable, attainable goals, focusing through barriers um, mm-hmm. and really looking to how do I accomplish these? And do I really, does this really matter to me? And the end is a cop out goal. And once you have that goal, it gives you a sense of purpose. And so if you know where you're headed, it helps make the decisions that you have to make from day to day really easy. Because all those decisions that you're making are in the context of the bigger goal. It's really important with finances, with delaying gratification, with not spending money today or spending money on the right things today when it'd be easier to just kind of do whatever you feel like. Once you have that goal, it's easy to, or it's easier to make those good decisions. Yeah, there's that popular quote we all know, the aim at nothing and you always hit it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. So yeah, as, as you go through goal setting, do you got any personal stories of how you've handled your goals or even, you know, kind of how you, you've coached individuals uh, around goal planning? I think a good example is my wife and I just started doing some renovations on our house. So we're actually about to be finished. It was really just the process of we'd been in the house for a while. We knew that we'll probably move someday. There were some updates we wanted to make before we did that. And we also wanted to kind of enjoy those updates while we were still there. We just kind of methodically thought through, okay, well, what first we ended up with the goal. So we want to have this type of house and here's how much we want to spend here. Here's how much we think we'll be able to spend. What do we need to do today to make that happen? What do we do today to think through, okay, how much can we actually spend? How can we save that money? How do we get there? And then once we got to that amount, then we could start the process. So once we were sure we could do it and weren't overextending ourselves. So in a complete transparency, were you able to stick to that, that goal uh, budget amount? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We went, we had a little bit of overages, but overall on budget, on goal, so on time. So it's been a good process, but yeah, I, did, I have learned a lot. So I think a lot of, almost always when people have a housing budget for renovations or a new house, they almost always go over. And so I never really understood why, but I think it's, I kind of understand now. So <laughs> So I'll be able to better uh, help people with that process and help make estimates on the front end. That's why you're the Houston hat too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so fun. I feel like every time you, t- you hear someone on, this is the budget, what we're doing for our, our remodel. Mm-hmm. I almost say you might as well just take that and double it <laughs> or at least yeah. your 1.5 because you're going to go over. Um, yeah. But you could be, you know, it's always those changes. 
but I think sometimes it's also contractors, right? We have a, a good friend where he's a contractor and, and he doesn't go over, but he always overbids it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, I might not get it, but I'm going to tell you, you're not yeah. going to go over. Anyways, side, yeah. side note. And we had, a, we had a really good friend help us with the process and help us on the front end of, this is actually what you can do. This is what you can't do. Here are people who will do it the right way. And so that really helped us too. So it's always helpful to have a guide when you're making decisions like that. That's a great point. That, really having that guide, accountability, partner, right? Mm-hmm. What about you? About, do you have any examples of how you've done this personally or with clients? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it's great. A transition to my life right now is, is, you know, a big goal for my wife and I was early on, which I think it shared in prior sessions was, you know, we, when we first did, drafted our net worth, we said, Hey, you know, we have student loans. We want to crush debt. So, you know, we instantly created a goal and that was get debt free as fast as possible. And that was, you know, just kind of, it, it, it created, put everything else in the bubble. We knew barriers, right? Maybe we didn't have enough income, mm-hmm. but then by knowing our barriers, then we kind of had a step one, two, three to get towards it. Yeah. Um, but post that, you know, a big goal of ours was, Hey, eventually we want to buy a house and we want to find an area that we want to settle down in. We're you know living here in California and, and it's been great for us, but we're transplants here and we knew we wanted somewhere else to raise kids. So mm-hmm. we spent the next four years after being debt free of going, let's visit places strategically that we would like to, you know, plant roots. But it wasn't just that, right? All of a sudden we started thinking through, well, what are some criteria for that goal? Mm-hmm. How do we make that measurable? And it, it came down to specific things of like, you know, what are the things we value most in like a community and, and maybe the climate, even the economy, stuff like that. So that helped us criteriaize everything and eventually helped us find the right spot we were moving to, which we're moving to right now, which is Nashville, our Nashville area. And, and then kind of once you solidify that, then you're like, okay, here's the area. Now, how do we accomplish this goal of purchasing a house? And it's really easy. I think early on, I was maybe naive where I was like, Hey, you know, let's just save this X dollar so we can buy a house. But as you get really started to realize, okay, what are the exact things that we want into it? The size, the backyard, and then thinking through what is the actual thing we can afford um, and making that measurable that here's the ceiling and here's the base of kind of an approachable size, approachable pricing. Mm-hmm. And then it helped us get to that. Okay. So if we know that range, now here's the percentage we want to get to, to get to that uh, down payment, to get to that kind of mortgage we wanted. So that's something that's been really fun to kind of see that you can put those huge goals out there, but if you never make them measurable on time um, stamped, you might not never get to them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. At, a non-personal story is recently I've had these amazing coaching sessions with a couple of clients just around goal planning and really getting into the detail of each goal. Like, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, I want to retire one day, but they wanted to get to, no, we want to make sure that we have flexibility at this age. So we could do certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was getting more to the details of, you know, we want to have flexibility, but we never want to spend more than this number. So yeah. they're, they're, they're setting goals on spending savings, uh, even giving before they can even get there. I know like, John Cortinez and Greg Bomber's uh, book, God and Money, they do a great mm-hmm. job of how do we set those limits early on? And I think it's great because if you don't set those, you'll never know when you get to them. And yeah. you might even be bummed because you never get there, right? Once yeah. you can say, hey, I want a $100,000 in the bank in five years, you're going to get pretty serious on it, right? And I think unless you have that goal, that specific goal you're going towards, without being intentional and pursuing something, you kind of just get dragged along by life and the decision kind of makes itself without your input. It's just a really interesting process to go through life without goals. Yeah, and, and I think it's amazing, especially those those couple stories there or even our personal is once you'd actually created them, 
you prayed about them, you set kind of those faith goals that maybe we're not sure how we're going to get there or how we're going to mm-hmm. stick to it. But once you put it down, it's written, it's set, it can be accomplished incredibly fast. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like almost God honors it to it. You know, he can always delay it. Right. But sure. honors it to a point that you've done it right. And you've set it there and then you're moving forward towards mm-hmm. it. So I think yeah. there's a kind of segue there for you, Ryan, you know, we've, we've jumped into it, but you know, why even set goals? really is just if you don't set a goal you don't know where you're going like there's always that um alice in wonderland quote that we've talked about before alice says she's talking to the cheshire cat and she says would you tell me which way i ought to go from here and the cat says well that depends on where you want to go and she says i don't really care where i want to go and he says and it doesn't matter which way you go you'll get somewhere that's kind of what we do in life like without goals we're just kind of kind of putter around not really know what to do with our time and our money unless we're moving proactively in a direction we're just not really going to go anywhere and we're just going to let life take us we'll end up somewhere super interesting to see what happens when you don't have goals and just even like personally with me there's a ton of stuff like that that happens to me where i i'll just wake up one day and it's like why am i doing this why am i why why have i spent so much time doing this over the last month and it's just because i'm i'm not telling my time where to go it's like even when you're budgeting you dave ramsey always says you need to have a job for every dollar and tell where to go and our time's that exact same way in our life's that exact same way where you really need to intentionally push yourself in a direction or who knows where you're going to end up mm-hmm. yeah something that comes to mind there is advisor always quotes in terms of the seven habits of highly effective individuals is that, mm-hmm. you know, don't prioritize your schedule, but schedule your priorities. Yeah. Right? Otherwise you, you go, how did I get through this and never do what I wanted to do in mm-hmm. my day? And even I want to throw out, you know, since you brought in the children's quote, uh, I thought I'd bring in another one from Winnie the Pooh. You, know, you, can't, <laughs> you can't stay in your corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you, right? You have to go to them sometimes. And I think that's your goal. You can't just sit there waiting for the world to come to you. You got to go out. You got to go out and find it. Go accomplish yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. And that's really the core tenet of that book that I keep on talking about of essentialism is to live your life by design and not default. Because if you don't intentionally design your day and design your life, again, the default is just going to take over. So that's a really, really important principle. That's a great point. I know uh, there's so many books out there on goal playing that probably will you know, do it better than us. But one that um, is a recent book, I mean, the pastor and author, Mark Batterson, he often always quotes all these life goals he's created um, after an individual that created, I think it was like a hundred and something life goals and accomplished all, but like three of them in his lifetime. And so Mark has this whole list of relational, spiritual career, physical goals, and it's a whole long list. He's got it in uh, the circle maker, his newest book um, on how to accomplish that as well. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like he's bragging a little bit because he's really good at accomplishing it. Uh, but I think that's the point is like once you kind of get that written on paper, you're going to start doing it, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so true. Now, what does the Bible have to say about goal planning? The main thing is to one, make the Lord your treasure and delight yourself in the Lord. And then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Our first goal always should be the Lord and to make him the center of our lives, to store up our treasure in heaven, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But then he also says to you, Jesus says, before you build a tower, you need to count the cost. And so you need to really think through what your goal is and then figure out, can I actually do this? And he also says in Proverbs to commit your works to the Lord and that, and then your plans will be established. So in everything that we do, we need to seek the Lord first 
put him first, but we do need to have plans and just not again, be just dragged along by our life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, it's amazing that we don't ask as much and spend so much time just in prayer thinking through it with mm-hmm. God, just sit there with a the notepad and see what mm-hmm. comes. Right. But like even, you know, everyone loves Ephesians three twenty that, you know, God can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine mm-hmm. um, is that's true. Right. If you just sit there and think through it and this is your big faith goal, uh, how am I ever going to accomplish that? Getting debt free or paying mm-hmm. off loans or having the flexibility to retire of some sort. He can do that. But at the same time, like Isaiah 43, 19 is he might want to do something new in your life, right? He might be calling you to something new and it might have to wrestle with that for a while. Mm-hmm. But that's where if you don't sit there, you're just going to keep following your own steps. But, you know, Proverbs tells us that the mind of man, now I'm forgetting it, Ryan. <laughs> the mind of man finds his way in the Lord directs the steps. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I do this backwards. You know, the slaves, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, but yeah, and I think that's exactly right. And that's really the key first tenet is, is start with prayer, start with even going through, I was just, I listened to a Piper sermon at one point and it was the whole thing. I'm just born to, if you don't hear anything and you're not spending time, just open up the Bible and see where it directs you. Yeah. And I think to do that, you need to give yourself the space to think and to listen and to take take a breath in your life. So I think just having a regular time of solitude and space, so whether it's you take a day once a quarter or once a month, and you just kind of give yourself time to hear from the Lord and to listen, to see what he might want to say to you. I think that is really an important piece to, to thinking through goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one quote I, I broke down here. That's uh, it's from a great book called what's best next. I definitely recommend people reading that. Um, especially right after college or mm-hmm. in there, but it's really a lot on, on that, you know, how do you have, they he calls it GDP, but gospel driven productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he says, you know, we all need an overarching passionate God centered aim in our, in our lives an overarching goal and message that flows from your mission and directs the priorities of your life. Right. And that's just, you know, if you don't know what's best next, it's starting with what is that big goal, but also understanding that there's little goals that you accomplish across the way and have those little wins. And those are all part of your gospel driven productivity isn't having a huge, amazing career or, or mission. It's those little, little goals of each day, you know, loving your wife each day, keeping your house clean, mm-hmm. right? Those little actions that um, really amount to a lot more. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so tell me a little bit, I know you've mentioned life balance maps. I think mm-hmm. you mentioned in the last session and we talked about it. So tell us a little bit more about that. So life balance maps, it's really, when you're thinking about how to use your resources and kind of what your goals are, it's thinking through the whole picture. So not just money, but thinking through, okay, my life consists of a lot of different pieces. There's the spiritual part, there's the financial part, there's my family. How do I have the right balance there? We would say that it kind of starts with your relationship with God and goes out from there of your relationship with your spouse, if you have one, your kids, and then your community and your friends and your family. It's making sure that all those pieces are in balance. A lot of times there's a tendency, especially if you don't feel good about where you are financially, is to focus so hard on that financial part where you start to sacrifice other pieces of your life. So time with friends, time with your family, time with God, and you focus so much on that financial part what we're talking about with the life balance map is how do you equalize that? How do you make everything in the same proportion? How do you value time with family and God just as much or more than your financial piece? And how do you not be in a hurry to 
fix your financial situation or be able to accumulate enough to retire. Um, so how do you do that well where, okay, well, maybe I don't want to sacrifice time with my kids to be able to retire at 40. It's just taking the longer view, the whole, the whole overview of your life in general and thinking through, okay, you know what? It's fine if I need to work more. Why don't I have a job that I enjoy that I'll be able to do for a long time that supports me with my family, supports my spiritual life. And then I'm fine working longer and not working and killing myself to accumulate all my money to then retire and spend time with my family or spend time with the Lord and, and work on those parts of my life. So it's really just keeping all those pieces in balance and context when you're making your goals. Yeah, that's so true. It's, you can always make more money, can't make more time. Yeah. No, that's so now, true. this is kind of a side, a side thought. Have you heard of the FIRE movement? Uh -huh. Financial independence, entirely. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that? You know, I think, um, I, I think the goal in general is fine. But again, you have to do it in the context of your life map. So to me, it totally makes sense to be really intentional about your spending and your earning and doing that really, really well um, with the goal of retiring early. But at the same time, if that is encroaching on other areas of your life with your family or with your mental health or with your spiritual life, then you just really need to think through that and say, well, is this really make sense? Is this really the best thing for my family in the long term? I mean, it, you could do it really well and you could do it really, really poorly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like to ask that question of the, what would you do if you had all the money you needed right now to do everything you wanted, mm -hmm. right? To go that, okay, so if you, yeah, say it was the fire moving or just, you know, retirement, you have it all. What would you do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Would you do the same exact thing? No differently. And then that say, yeah, you're in the right calling of your life. But if mm -hmm. you do something completely differently, well, how come you aren't doing that yet? Yeah. Um, so the other one is, okay, say you actually achieve that, you know, a fire mentality. What's next? Is it just to sit in your tiny home uh, and do nothing? <laughs> um, or like I had a mentor that his whole goal was work in public accounting, make as much money as he could so he could go on the missions field. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Lord directed his steps differently that as he worked his way up, he realized this is my missions field. But there was that, you know, his original intention was I want enough so I can go take a call to whatever, wherever God leads me. Now, on the role map area, I know everyone can divide things up differently. But I think it's good, right, to kind of compartmentalize different goals, like kind of you have your personal individual goals that could be everything from kind of like just your individual planning of your life and, and weeks, schedules, maybe learning goals health goals, travel goals, spiritual goals, your family goals, right? Which, you know, what kind of marriage you want to have, how you want to raise your kids, your household, not even group finances in there. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's social goals. You know, what do, what do you want to be actively doing with friends, neighbors for your community or your state or country? Mm -hmm. um, I know some of us, you know, we're, we're entering this space, the professional goals of <laughs> writing, blogging, podcasts, work status, mm -hmm. networking. But it, I think it is good that as you, as you break them out, it makes it a little bit easier to bite chunks, but also to focus on those key areas. Like you said, yeah. you don't want to just focus only on, on career. Yeah. It really all needs to be in balance. Otherwise, you're probably going to get burned out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or you think of a car, like a, cor a car has four wheels and <laughs> it needs all those wheels to be working really well. And your life's kind of the same. But those different areas all need to be going well. Otherwise, you're kind of we're probably headed for a crash <laughs> caused by one of those areas falling mm -hmm. off a little bit. Right. 
Yeah. So yeah. So we talked about right. You need to start with prayer. They need to be specific, measurable. Now, what about like this idea? We mentioned it earlier with that God Money book. Is how about how do you about setting limits and finish lines? I think that kind of goes along with the overall goal. So it's really hard to make a decision on what's best for your life if you don't have that end goal in mind. And so a lot of people, if they don't have that goal or that finish line, and so when I say finish line, that is once I get to this amount of money, I'm just going to kind of stop accumulating or I'll be free to pursue something else or or I'll just have that freedom to know that, you know, I'm financially independent and I can do kind of whatever I want now. You don't have that number in mind, then you're probably going to keep on working well beyond that number. And I, I think we see that a lot with clients where they just have no idea how much money is enough. They may have worked five years too long or longer than they wanted to because they just didn't realize that the amount of money that they had is plenty to retire on. I think there's once people realize that, sometimes there's some regret of, oh man, I missed out on it in the last five years of spending it in a different way or in a way that I would have wanted to just because I didn't know. Once you understand and you set that limit or that goal or that finish line, then you kind of have that freedom of knowing, okay, well, once I get there, I can change. Yeah. Yeah. I just give you a couple of amazing examples I saw this year that always just really encourages my heart. We call it call mission accomplished stories is that uh, mm-hmm. I had a new couple, great couple I got to work with. And and they're, they're, one of their biggest goals was she, they both wanted to, her husband's a pastor. She wanted to go into uh, ministry school and then um, help pastor the church with him. And mm-hmm. she, she had been a great provider being a um, work in a hospital. And she goes, well, how soon can I go part-time? Um, and originally she said, you know, I'd like to be five years. So we, we walked through your cash flow plan, all their assets. And I said, you know, you could do that easily and you're going to have more than enough. <laughs> And then I said, you know, what if we did a little bit sooner? And so, okay, we showed like two years later or two years earlier. And she, I was like, you still could do this. And then finally at Christmas, she goes, uh, I'm applying right now to do the part-time. She was <laughs> like, I probably won't get it, but I'm hopeful. And then she gets emails me like right after Christmas, I got it. And it was so cool. She goes, thank you so much that you were able to show us that we never would have thought we would have worked another 10 years, but we mm-hmm. realized once we realized this is enough, and it accomplishes all of our long-term goals. She was able to go part-time and now she's, you know, they're ecstatic on what they get to do. Another client example is he's a young kid, has a certain asset that just soared over the last year. I won't specifically say what it was, um, (laughs) but he he was making a lot more money. And I asked him one day, I just said, you know, how much is enough? How much is enough for you at this point? You're young, you have a lot of, your life's starting, right? You gotta choose a career. And he came up with a number. He said, this is the number. And then, Pretty much a month later, he calls up. He goes, I hit that number. Do I sell it all now? And it was funny to sit there. I go, it's up to you, but we set that limit. So what's stopping you? Yeah. And he, he went for it, right? That's cool. Uh, which it is cool because you don't, I guess we, we being young, you don't expect that you get there. Like if I liked uh, when and got in money when they mentioned like, here's our spending goal. You know, it's $150,000 or $200,000 that we're going to spend on our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. we're not even close to that yet because we're not making that. But if we ever get to that point, right, we're going to stop ourselves. And that's kind of a, I think a fun one to write down and be like, well, it's going to check us one day when we get, if we get there and go, yeah. well, do we go back on what we said? Or is it that Rockefeller, right? The, you know, just need a little bit more. Yeah. Just one more dollar. <laughs> one more dollar. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the great point about the spending limits. Like without that spending limit, 
that's exactly where the human heart goes is I just need a little bit more to feel comfortable, a little bit more to feel successful, a little bit more just in general. So those spending limits get to be really, really important. One thing I wanted to bring in is this is from a, a great seasoned advisor named Jim Wise is he, he talks about kind of accumulation versus kingdom centered goals. Mm-hmm. And really it's about the whole thing of like what we've been saying is, you know, well, why do you want to increase your income? Why do you want to increase your wealth? Why do you want to increase your lifestyle and these things? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to what he says is a couple compromises. It, it pushes you into, if you're thinking probably with the wrong why, like we talked about in prior sessions is, you know, if you're really pushing to have more income or wealth, well, that's easily how we see ethical compromise, which look at any accounting fraud. Mm-hmm. It's something yeah. that, I want more. I deserve more. And there goes your fraud. <laughs> right? Yeah. Throughout the fraud triangle. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got that CPA audit background. Yeah. That fraud triangle, or, you know, I won't say it's fraud because it's a different story, but say you're a commission salesperson, you could easily start compromising um, your ethics there by knowing, Hey, well, if I sell this bigger product, it's probably not in the best interest of the individual, but I'll get a bigger paycheck. Mm-hmm. I even recently was reading an article of, of uh, in certain firms where they had lay off people right before the end of the quarter so that they could get bigger bonuses, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just that compromise, which could even really lead into like relational compromise, right? Where maybe you're pressuring clients or customers into getting something, maybe you're even compromising your family because of it. And then another one is kind of that missional compromise, which I love Peter Greer's book, Mission Drift. But that whole thing that once you start pursuing the wrong goals for the wrong reasons, you're easily going to start watering down your mission, start hiding your faith. If you're you know, a Christian, all of a sudden you might be like, I don't really want to talk about this. I'm a little scared that they're going to look at me differently. Mm-hmm. Or this is the mission of our organization, but we really want to cut corners here. I want to cut some corners here in my life so I can get there faster. And I've told clients this is a joke, but if you want to make a lot of money, you know, you can start selling drugs. Um, it's it's going to put you in a lot of bad scenarios, but it's a quick money business for the most part. Uh-huh. It's also a quick life business, but <laughs> yeah, there is. It's interesting you brought that up, but I feel like all, every movie about drugs and like where it kind of goes through like a drug dealer's life, they're all kind of the same where if, whether it's I didn't expect to talk about this on this podcast, but it was like <laughs> movie Blow with Johnny Depp or uh, Scarface or any of those movies. It's like a transition where it's kind of like rags to riches and the life is really glamorous and everything's great. And they all end the same way where it's like a great five to 10 years and then their life just <laughs> falls apart. And that's kind of what happens if you have the wrong goal. Even if you're doing <laughs> something great, um, it'll be, it might be good for a while, but you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. All great movies. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put a little explicit, uh, yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> asterisk on this one. <laughs> We're going away from drugs and movies. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> um, uh, do you ever talk about setting like vision dates, um, or vision planning, I, I guess you could call it with your clients or your life? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good to envision where you want to go with setting goals. A good place to start is to think through, okay, by this year, this is what we would like our life to look like, or this is the goal that we would want to accomplish, whether that's paying off a certain amount of debt, like you and your wife, it's giving us a certain percentage of your uh, income or your assets away every year. If it's setting, having a certain amount in retirement, it's, if it's having a certain amount in your kid's 529 plans. It's really just kind of visualizing and thinking through the the end goal. 
And then once you have that, then you can kind of backtrack to, okay, what do we need to do today to make that happen? That's great. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, yeah, that big goal of, Hey, I'd love to one day be able, you know, be able to give 90% of my income away and, you know, keep 10%. Mm-hmm. Well, that's obviously going to be really difficult for a lot yeah. of years, but then you have that kind of date in the future and then you can back, back, uh, pedal into different benchmarks of maybe by the end of this year, it's just raising it 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same thing with funding, you know, retirement or something like that. Right. It's like, well, how much do I need to have at age 30? The articles tell me this. And it's like, well, what do you want? And then yeah. let's, what kind of life do you want then? And then let's back into where you need to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually how they go. Usually don't just get to where you want to be really quickly. It's usually a, a long road of intentional decisions along the way like the giving of if you just do 1% more every year, then it's more likely than just going from 10% to 70% in a, a year or two. Yeah. And it's a behavioral thing. I think a little bit too, it's like, um, you know, argument between debt snowball or debt avalanche methods, which for those that don't know, debt snowball, you start with the lowest balances, pay mm-hmm. them off and keep rolling avalanche. You start with the highest interest rate and start rolling down. Well, from the interest rate side, a lot of, you could argue, you know, the numbers make more sense or paying off more interest fast, but it really, it comes down to that behavioral that, you know, when you see those little wins, you start working a lot harder yeah, uh, and you start feeling a lot more encouraged and you start, you know, at, at Michael Kitsis recently did a funny article on, on Dave Ramsey's approach to things. And he goes, well, really, if you got into it from the deep financial side, it's not the most optical advice, but it's so helpful because it's a behavioral thing of every little thing. It's just giving you an easy benchmark. It's giving you an easy wins along the way uh, and then you have success and mm-hmm. you know it's that most of it isn't technical most of it's just head knowledge or not head knowledge um just behavioral heart yeah heart knowledge that makes sense when you so when you make goals with your clients i know so a lot of times we hear about smart goals um is that something that you do personally or can you tell us about smart goals a little bit yeah so I, i'm sure we've all kind of heard about it in some form it's that you know it seems to be um uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd say in a, a form we go through this is, you know, what's that specific goal? Um, then is it measurable? What's that, you know, dollar figure or time frame to get to, uh, which sometimes it's both. Sometimes it, there's a dollar figure and time. Um, then it's kind of that attainable piece that sometimes I'll just, I'll say like, okay, there's the practical potential and providential, uh, which really, what is practical? Like, Client said, I want $100,000 cash by age, let's say it was 35. I said, okay, well, practically, you know, you're going to have to live off of this amount and we're just realistically where you're at, you probably will get more to like 80,000. Um, yeah. Potentially you could get there if you made these changes in your life or increase your income. And then also the providential that, you know, really give this to the Lord and see where he leads you. Cause maybe he'll bring you there in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was pretty fun. Cause he, he took that and he goes, you're right. And in a year he got to that place. That's awesome. completely bizarre out of the, out of the blue areas. And he goes, that was when you mentioned that providential goal. And it's mm. just that, I mean, it's another word for that faith goal, but it is true. I think when you going with that smart goal, it's a good conviction uh, or conviction is to follow that smart plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd add to it too, is it's kind of with that attainable is kind of a step one, two, three of, okay, to get here first, I'm gonna have to create a budget. Second, I'm gonna have to stick to the budget. Uh, mm-hmm. And third, then I'm gonna, you know, have to be saving this place, something like that. Um, but I think a clear one is, or a really important one is barriers, is if you can know your biggest barrier to something, yeah, um, you're gonna, that's gonna help you out a lot. If you know my biggest barrier to 
paying down my debt is the fact the fact that I continue to go into debt and that I can't control myself. I don't have, I have lack of self-discipline. Uh-huh. Well, there's your first step is acknowledge that and now start coming, overcoming it. Right. Yeah. Um, That's so important to know. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Do you do you follow similar um, with your, your clients or like with setting barriers and overcoming them? I mean, we try and implement the smart goals just personally um, and then with clients too, but I think you're right. The barriers is such an important one and you're right. Most of the time, the barriers are going to be spending. So that's one that most people struggle with, um, being able to control their spending. And so a lot of times we kind of just figure out ways, how do you just bypass that barrier? So if you're having trouble with not spending too much money, what can we do just to automate things so that's easy process for you? So whether that's having a certain amount come out of your paycheck every month and just go straight to savings or giving or investing, it just takes away your power to make a bad decision. And so it's just trying to help people, uh, myself included, protect from themselves. And so that's really, that's a big key, I think, to making plans work over time is is knowing yourself, knowing those issues and those barriers you're going to have. And then how do we just skip over those barriers? That's great. I think that's a a good transition out here. And the good quote from Ron Blue was, don't just set goals you can achieve, set some goals that only God could help you achieve. Mm -hmm. That it is true. We we want those realistic ones, but set some out there that are those, you know, those ones you need God to help (laughs) help you out with. Um, And just to summarize what you said there is is that you need that accountability partner. That could be a financial advisor or planner. That could be your spouse or a mentor. But if someone's not holding you accountable, especially when you know those barriers, um, we often, you know, we're weak to the flesh and we, we don't move on or get better there. Um, so now my favorite part of the podcast, uh, what have you overheard lately, Ryan? Well, I guess not sure when we'll post this, but I feel like the big thing going on right now is uh, GameStop. So GameStop, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard about it by now, but it's just a little mall retailer, trade video games, and we're left for dead. And now this stock has just skyrocketed over the last month. And that's the big one of like, how do I get GameStop? How do I, is it too late to get in? Is it, is it not, hmm. can I make money in this still? What's going on? So what's, what's Wall Street bets? And so I feel like that's the thing that I've heard the most <laughs> lately. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a funny one. I don't even know if I have anything to say to that other than it's just bizarre. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another bizarre game GameStop story is I remember my, my cousin <laughs> growing up, he's very good at video games. He was so good at them. Um, he had a lot of time on his hand at the mm-hmm. time too. He could beat a game in one day. So he would go to GameStop, um, buy a game. He'd beat it that day, go back the next day, return it and get another game. So, you know, he was breaking the system back then. But uh, anyways, just fun That's impressive. story there. Very impressive. I, you know, he's fun to watch. You know, I don't have anything overheard, but I, I heard a great funny joke. Um, it, well, it's kind of dad joke, but uh, <laughs> over Christmas that I thought I thought might be fun to throw in there. Uh-huh. All right, so uh, <laughs> there's this guy and he's, he's going, he joins the army and they're all lining up um, and they're handing out their guns that day, and you know he's very back of the line. So once he gets up there, they have no more guns to hand out. And they said, you know what? Um, just for training, you know, just say uh, say bangity bang bang. You know, when we're training, just you know when we're lining up, bangity bang bang. Like, uh-huh. All right, bangity bang bang, bangity bang bang. All right, they get to the next training exercises. They're handing out the knives or the you know bayonets to attach to the to the um, the guns, and he's back the line again. He gets up there and 
they hand out all the knives and they run out of knives. And they go, oh, well, sorry, uh, you know, for training, just go uh, stabity stab stab, <laughs> stabity stab stab. So he's like, okay, all right, I'm training, stabity stab stab. Well, the poor guy, they finally get called uh, to the battlefield and uh, he still doesn't have a gun or a knife. So all of a sudden the enemy is approaching him. So he's going bangity bang bang, bangity bang bang. Now the enemy's getting super close. So now he, right when they're getting really close, he goes stabity stab stab. And right then the enemy runs right over him and he hears him say, tankity tank tank. <laughs> nice. Uh, that had nothing to do with goal planning. It looked out. <laughs> so let's leave it there until next time, Ryan. All right. Well, maybe before we do that, um, maybe let's do, do one conviction for oh our listeners as, as you're headed out of this podcast and um, into your life. So what convictions do we have today? Yeah, since so January, I'd say set one big um, smart money goal for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so really we'll call that maybe a short term, could be six months, could be yeah. one year. And then one long-term future goal and just start there. I love it. I'm going to make my smart goal. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, it's so good to talk to you, Colby, and so good to have you all listen, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.